Welcome to the Relentless Pursuit Podcast. A great task remains, and we all have a role we can play. But what do we do with the questions we have about missions, about walking with God, about ourselves? Well, here's a space for us to wrestle and discover together. We don't have to have it all figured out to take our next step. Today is a first for me, y'all. I get to interview my first episode with two people. I'm going to talk to John and Pat Hazelwood today. They are marriage coaches here at Pioneers, and their story is incredible of how God has shaped for them a marriage ministry where they are able to coach people who are going to be serving abroad. And they actually have their own marriage ministry here in the States apart from Pioneers, and you're going to hear more about that later in the episode as well. But I want you to lean into this conversation. It is very special, and you're going to hear so many just words of wisdom that the Hazelwoods will share with us about being married overseas. So here's my episode with John and Pat. Welcome back to the podcast. Today feels a little historical because it's the first time I have ever interviewed two people at once. Today, I have a couple um, that works here at Pioneers with me, and I am thrilled for you all to get to hear their story. Today, I have John and Pat Hazelwood. How are you all doing? We're doing doing great. Great. (laughs) <laughs> I I know y'all have such a good story. I've heard glimpses of it. Um, I'm excited to hear more about your marriage. So Pat, will you kick us off by sharing with us kind of the specs of your marriage and yeah, how long y'all have been together and kind of what's happened since then? All right. I'd love to. Well, I'll tell you, we have been married for a little over 41 years. Oh, uh, we actually amazing. were college sweethearts <laughs> and um, we began raising our children uh, in Columbus, Ohio. So we raised all of our nine children in Columbus, Ohio. Amazing. That was a wonderful times. Um, But now they're all grown up and we have 12 grandbabies so far. So that's exciting too. (laughs) So much fun. Well, I love that y'all have a big family and such a legacy. 41 years of marriage. I I aspire to, to the 41-year mark. And so um, today's going to be fun. We've talked about singleness before um, on the podcast and kind of the implications for missions. But today, y'all are going to share with us marriage. What is the, what's the dynamic of marriage and global missions um, and what y'all have experienced? So, John, could you bring us up to speed of how y'all got involved with Pioneers and kind of what your role is right now? Okay. The story goes back several years when we attended an Explore event, and we came here just to figure out what does a mission organization do? Because right. our background wasn't didn't have a mission context, if you will. And so when we heard about this organization called Pioneers, we had engaged uh, at one point at a mission conference, a gentleman, but uh, and it was very significant. It, it, not to go into that story, but it was it was a very surreal God moment that uh, in talking with this gentleman about one of the recruiters talking to us about missions in general. But we uh, were invited uh, kind of out of the blue to come to um, Pioneers in Orlando to just explore what opportunities. And we thought it was a basic application. They filled out the information. And then next thing you know, we uh, we, we got all the other details and showed up in uh, Orlando, Florida. And uh, during the course of time, and we'll probably talk a bit more about it, but we we went through the whole process. It was just an awesome experience. Um, we 
have gone to fast forward our, our role, we currently are what they call the pre-field marriage coaches for the Orlando base. And here we connect with married couples who are looking to join, uh, start that journey uh, as becoming a cross-cultural worker and, and what that means. And it gives us a chance to lean into them, help them out, give them some, some advice, encourage them, love on them. And, and it's just been an exciting time to find these stories are phenomenal. Uh, folks that are looking to join the, the ranks of cross-cultural workers all over the world. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and that's something that I've always admired about pioneers as well, is the emphasis on getting you ready for the field. And that obviously means several different aspects of your life that are in preparation, but um, that y'all give such good attention and experience to share with others about marriage overseas is so unique. That's why I love um, the pre-field team. And so, Pat, can you take us a little bit deeper? Um, John mentioned y'all on the pre-field team. So tell us, what does that team do, um, I guess, like to get our, you know, to get people ready to go overseas? What was kind of the role that y'all get to, to fill there? Yeah, I'm really excited about the pre-field team. Um, for us, that was one of the things that really helped us feel a lot more comfortable when we left um, yeah. because the pre-field team, I really, I feel like their, their job is to really, you know, not, not just to help prepare um, folks for going over, but to just kind of surround them and, and just to be there and to be in, be the encouragement that's, that's right. so needed, you know, and making big decisions, life-changing decisions. And so the pre-field team is really composed of a great group of people that, you know, we support one another. We, we, we um, share stories about different, you know, different candidates in terms of how we can help them. And, oh, I know this person and, oh, it'd be great for them to meet this person. And, and it's just a, a great um, combination of people that are mm -hmm. just really geared towards just being a support in any way that we can. Yeah. yeah. And even praying for them, I thought yes. that was one of the things that we're finding out is, you know, in the in the pre-field journey, it's not it's not easy. And so when you have the team praying for you, um, just like when we came to Pioneers, we didn't know anybody there, and all mm. of a sudden we're we're meeting people and they knew who we were because I guess they read they were praying for us, and we're praying for these candidates on a on a daily basis. Uh, we find some that are having some challenges and difficulties, but just, just the fact that there's a whole team praying for you. Yes. Yeah. That's so powerful. I I mean, just to even say pre-field, I mean, that sounds like such a simple term, but it is loaded. There is so much that has to happen before someone could feel really prepared to go overseas. And that's not only logistics and, you know, uh, raising the funds to be able to go and work, you know, sorting things out with your home and your job and things like this, but also the logistics of being a whole person, a person that has needs and um, kind of just be have a, a mental state that has to, you know, function overseas and things like this. And so right. for you all to step into the realm then of marriage for these families who are either going over just as a you know married unit or with children, whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. um, that's yeah. a whole nother aspect of what life is like overseas. And so um, have you all always been involved in marriage ministry? Did this just happen? Did, you know, year one of marriage, did you all decide <laughs> to, you know, jump into ministry? How, when did this all get started for you all? Gosh, it goes back to early times. We had, uh, oh, when I we think got, we were doing marriage ministry before we realized this is marriage a, ministry. Yeah, that's oh, true. That's true. 
I mean, that makes very, sense. It was very organic. We were we found ourselves in situations where we were just helping folks, giving us some perspectives, and you know, with with Pat being and her 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 dynamic was just so easy for women to connect with her, and and I think even when we were having kids, we just had a heart that we were going to have six kids when we got married. And it was an agreement on our wedding day. And everybody looked and chuckled at us and said, yeah, we'll see. But there's, <laughs> there's been times where just her ability to connect with women, and, and we just found ourselves just really easily just connecting with folks um, to help them, or questions and encouragement. And, and that's probably been the, the, the trail that's followed us over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Just developing yeah. relationship is really what it was all about. And that's, that's really, you know, for the pre-field team, that's the biggest aspect of it is just developing those relationships. Um, because yeah. even, even once couples go on the field, you know, we, we want to stay connected. And yeah. so that's, you know, that's a, a big part of it is just being able to, to, um, you know, spend time with them and just build those relationships. A lot of times what we've done is spent time individually with, uh, with couples, but at the same time we were doing premarital uh, over the last, you know, 20 years, we would do premarital with couples. Uh, we put on marriage events, uh, and our our marriage events have always been thematic, in a sense. And what I mean by that is there's a theme about it. Like we did a full course meal, or we did a date night, or or something that just kind of exaggerated for the evening or for the weekend that just focused on just having a fun time together. Wow. So those are some of the things that we've done over the That's years. That's so fun. And I love mm-hmm. that you said you're probably doing it before you realized you were doing it of mm-hmm. like formal, like min- marriage ministry. And you mentioned the word organic. And that stands out to me too, of just the nature of having a good mentor in your life, someone who's gone ahead of you, even just a few years ahead of someone else to be able to look back and say, oh, this is what this was like for us. And I want to encourage you in this or whatever that, you know, having children yes. or moving or whatever, you know, obviously comes with life. But um that's so exciting to me that y'all built a ministry out of just building natural friendships with other married mm-hmm. couples and wanting to teach them, yeah, what it's like to be married and, and how to endure hardship together and how to have fun together. This is all <laughs> so exciting to me. <laughs> but yeah, when did this- y'all um, get involved with missions? Because I know that y'all had started out um, maybe with some shorter term trips and things like that. But eventually you guys ended up in Southeast Asia, I think. Yes, yes. we sure yeah, did. Tell us how you got there. <laughs> well, I guess it starts with the short term missions because we, we hear stories of not only individuals that are interested in, in mission work. It always starts with one of those trips, a church or a group, and they go to Haiti or Africa or South America sure. or Mexico. Yeah. And my, for me, it was, I went to Kenya. Um, there was a group of college students and, well, I won't say college students, but they, they were connected with a university in Ohio, well, actually okay. Ohio State University. And they happened to be in the United States going through getting a degree. And we went through the whole process of getting to know them and a friend of ours that uh, we literally went to Kenya and and I didn't know what that looked like, but it was the most life-changing experience for me. And Mm -hmm. then I went another 18 months later. And then after that, the third trip, Pat went with me to do a mission conference. Well, no, a teaching conference. Uh, She was seven months pregnant. Oh, wow. 
And we, <laughs> we joined in just being speakers with this particular group of churches and it expanded from there. And that was our first time. And then, uh, Later, I think, what, 13, 20, 15 years later or something like that, we wound up going back uh, to Kenya, some different contexts. Um, this was our first time where we literally leaned into a different perspective of what mission work could look like. Uh, so during that course, if we just kind of fast forward to just, we literally got, uh, when we came to Pioneers in the Explore stage, uh, there was a gentleman that said, hey, there's a, um, an email I got that was looking for somebody that fits what your profile is. Well, he introduced us to um, the regional director. And during that particular time, we started talking and it just got us excited how we can kind of step in, not going to unreached people groups, but we can reach the people who are reaching the people. I guess wow. is the best way to describe it. Yeah. So we were we moved and uh, sold everything, sold our house in 24 hours and da 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 da. We, oh my I mean, gosh, wow. It was such a God thing. Yeah. And so we launched and uh, started in July and wound up in country in September. Now oh my that was word. a fast forward because, you know, it's not normally that way, but we just pressed in and God was faithful and we uh, found a house and we wanted to be able to invite some of the workers to stay with us if they were in country. So you moved there so that you could just encourage and be of help to people who were serving the unreached people groups there. Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, okay. It, it was Incredible. a regional role. Yeah. It's a regional yeah, role. Yeah. That's right. Them. Okay. So you had sold your house. I mean, all these really quick decisions because you felt like that was what it was time to do. I mean, you had had experience with short-term trips um, in the past, but you said this was like, what, 15 years after that, it was just time to go back. And did you, you didn't have any children. Your children were grown up by then. Right. Yes. They, we'll say they were growing up. Okay. Okay. That's fair. We'll take yeah. that. Our, yeah. our youngest was, was a uh, sophomore, in sophomore in college. college. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. wow. What a leap of faith for y'all. I really admire that. I think it's, I don't know, sometimes I assume, maybe it's because where I grew up in the Midwest, but I just assume that when people become empty nesters, they kind of just want to settle in to just to, I don't know, enjoy where they are, enjoy their community, maybe just try new hobbies, things that just be a lot more restful than raising children. And especially after raising yeah. nine children, um, for you to try something so new because you knew that the Lord would use your passion and your mm -hmm. interests and your experience with marriage to serve, you know, field workers is just beyond me. I mean, that is, that's just straight obedience. And I really admire that in y'all. Um, can you tell us about what that first year on the field was like? Because this is a very unique role because you were all had a very specific service that you were kind of, you know, filling there. So what was yeah. it like on that first year? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was very interesting year. Um, you know, we, we really felt like whatever was going to happen. I mean, we were just going to work through it. I mean, it, we just knew that that's what we were supposed to do and we were mm. just gung ho, ready to go. And we get there. And I think some of our first things that we recognized were, wow, this is very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really what you was. expected. Right. Well, we didn't, yeah. we didn't really have an expectation. We just knew that, okay, we're just going to figure out, you know, staying. But the culture was so, I mean, inviting. it was inviting. That, inviting. That's a perfect word. Mm -hmm. They were inviting. The people were very warm. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're around a lot of what they call expats. Uh, those are the the foreigners that are there, expatriates, right, uh, right. French and German and um, Korean. I mean, just I mean a whole multicultural. But we started really engaging in the local, at least as much as we could, like our our language teacher. Uh, and then some of the people we would go to, I think our, one of the funniest stories was, um, you know, because when you go as African-Americans, you don't see very many African-Americans in that particular culture. And we ran right. into a few, but we were at a bank and the the lady was, you know, we had to take care of a couple of things with our account. And she gets up and goes around her desk and walks over to Pat because I sat in front of the at the desk because I had to fill out some forms, but Pat was sitting in the chair behind us and she goes over and looks at her and says, are you Thai? And, <laughs> and Pat said, no. No. <laughs> she goes, oh, you're Thai. You're Thai. I'm like, no, I'm not Thai. She goes, yes, yes. You're Thai. You're Thai. I said, well, well, what about my, my, my skin? She said, no, no, you're Thai. You're Thai. <laughs> and she said, what about my nose? I don't. And she, no, nope. she said, no, nope, no, nope. nope. you're, you're tired. Oh my you're gosh. tired. She, she adopted us in the culture. We were, she really wow. did. <laughs> she really did. And, and that's just, just the inviting nature. It's like she wanted you yes. to feel like you could be at home and this yes. is where you could belong. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, That's interesting, was- too, with your first year, because I, I think you're right. If you're going with the mentality of we're here to serve people who are serving, that might be tempting to just neglect your own needs or, or just neglect kind of your own, I don't know, how, how you guys are doing and how this is kind of impacting you to live in the culture and, you know, give up. I mean, things that felt so normal perhaps in the States are now very new to you. And so mm-hmm. I think that's just incredible that um, – I don't know, God put people in your life to just make you feel like you could be at home as maybe as weird as it was to have someone tell you yeah. you were Thai. Um, right. I don't know. I think just to welcome you there, that probably seemed really, I don't know, just unique to your, your it really first did. year there. It really yeah, did. It, it really did. And yeah. just some of the encounters that we had, just uh, we spent, uh, and one of the things that we share with people, because I think it's very important that we live this, is we actually had a coach, a life coach that journeyed with us for the whole time that we, before we left, Mm -hmm. while we were there and when we came off the field. And it was just, just so profound to be able to unpack things that we were seeing and just talk through it. It wasn't any agenda and it was, it gave us the ability to kind of, you know, as we're talking together, uh, another third voice to be able to kind of bounce things off. And it was very encouraging to just have that type of place to be able to kind of speak freely and just understand things or somebody that's actually been on the field because she spent, I think, what, 10 or 15 years on the field, on the mission field herself. But it was so neat to be able to see people in a different context and be able to understand what they're going through because we had to stop what we're doing and saying, Okay, stop getting so Americanized and busy in this culture because it hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. And so we really had to really seek the Lord and relax. Learn how to rest. Learn how to rat, 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 rest. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. yeah. What an amazing, I don't know, just a role that someone filled in your life. Mentorship is so powerful, I think, at every stage mm-hmm. of our lives. And you, you all had one. So I, I love mm-hmm. that you're coming from the position of even though you mentor, you still have to be mentored as well. Mm-hmm. And 
I yeah, incredible. Okay, I want to get a little bit juicier here now, if we can. I want to I want to peel back another layer of the story. So now we kind of know how you both got involved with mm-hmm. marriage ministry, with your story, how you kind of came involved with pioneers, what you do. So now I want to hear about it. So tell us over the years what have been some of the common. I guess pitfalls maybe, or, or maybe you have another, maybe you have a different word for what you'd consider to be a pitfall, but just the struggles you've seen couples endure who have chosen to serve glo- in global mission. Hmm. Um, if you could, if you could take us into that kind of next level. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I've noticed um, that's had the, the biggest impact, I believe, um, would be not being on the same page spiritually. Oh, and- Okay. And that has been something that has uh, really been a focus for us is to help couples understand that, you know, they may be viewing things differently. They may be approaching things differently. um, But if they're not on the same page spiritually, you know, there's, there's going to be confusion. Yeah. Can you give us an example of what you mean by like different page spiritually? Well, I mean, you know, obviously if someone has, let's say the, you know, the husband has gone through seminary and the wife um, was a stay-at-home mom, um, she may not have the, the biblical knowledge and to the, in, you know, to the depth that he has. Right. But, but what's, what's helpful is if they've at least discussed some of those same issues, some of those same um, topics that he's sure. been able to expound on, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to be a, um, every case where, you know, both husband and wife are, you know, walking through seminary together or, but there are things right. that you can yeah. do together. You know, there's things that you can, you know, do as far as like, we would, we always do like Bible studies together or, you know, just even le- at least doing a devotional together. Um, things where you can, you know, have some kind of comment on the same topic. And be able to yeah. walk through and work through those together. And I think a lot of that has to do with just individually, you need to kind of jump on the same page. And I love that example. We know a couple that he's basically the frontline minister. He's uh, He does um, uh, mission work in a sense, in a particular context. And he's the one on the main f- focus. But at the same time, if you talk to his wife, you would think they're doing it together. But she has her own career. She's uh, um, in the medical arena, arena, and he's full-time in the ministry. And it would be, it's so interesting to talk to this couple. And they can talk theologically on the same page. Uh, She's nowhere less. uh, And, of course, he has the the, the theology degree. Yeah. (laughs) But But it's a perfect example of what Pat is talking about. And we find that even on the field, um, there's there's a caution not to marginalize the woman's role to be able to hold the family together. Mm, and right. when we find that there's a conflict or we find that there is a, a perception that your role is not as important as mine, we find that even men at some point may neglect the family because of, quote unquote, their call. When we try to encourage couples, it's not about that call. Your your first ministry is your family. Your mm-hmm. first focus has to be your wife because you're one flesh. As soon as there's a dis a a um, a, a propensity to move away from that particular foundation, that's when we find couples have problems, especially yeah. in the field. Wow. 
I have a billion follow-up questions to this example. <laughs> that is – that's something. Um, I can't imagine what that would – I guess the result of that kind of not being on the same page would look like because there might be a lot of shame, I think, for one or more people involved in the, in the marriage because mm-hmm. um, you'd be feeling like it's my fault that my wife is unhappy here because I – wanted to come here and follow up with my, you know, desire to serve in ministry, but she feels miserable. Or Mm -hmm. if, you know, perhaps they decide that they don't want to go serve somewhere because they're not in, you know, both of them are not interested in serving, then perhaps one of them feels really dissatisfied with their life because they don't feel like they can respond to what God's asked them to do. And I just feel like that's such, wow, (laughs) I have so many questions, but thank you for sharing that. I can imagine that would be such a struggle for people. What would you then Help, how would you help people work through something like that or kind of maybe become on the same page? What would be some steps they would take? Yeah, um, you know, like I was mentioning, as far as like doing devotionals together, um, doing, you know, be it's it's nice to be able to attend a church together and to mm. be able to come home and talk together about whatever is, you know, the, the pastor was speaking on. Um, that's helpful. You know, yeah. that, that kind of at least you're, you know, it doesn't mean that you're always going to see eye to eye on everything. But if you have the conversation, at least you can have some kind of context as to how the other is viewing things. Yeah. And and yeah. so that's that can be uh, extremely mm-hmm. helpful. You know, listening, you know, listening to uh, or reading through books together or listening to books together. Um, a lot of times when John and I travel, we like to listen to books. And so that way we're listening and we're hearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And there's a part of, you know, and every couple, and we don't like to put couples in the in the box to say, okay, no, you need to be praying together right. and you need to be, no, you can't put those kinds of dynamics. You have couples that will pray together, I mean, consistently. And then you have some couples that don't necessarily pray together. They'll pray individually and they'll have times where they will pray together. And, and it's an important thing, but that uh, the biggest thing is that they're praying. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, we, we've, over the years, we've learned that God speaks to her differently than he speaks to me. And when we start hearing those things, we kind of can pick up like, okay, God is saying something. And a lot of times I think guys don't realize that uh, God is speaking to your, through your wife. <laughs> and we may need to humble ourselves to kind of listen to that and really understand how he's communicating. And I think a lot of couples have to find a season where they can understand how God is communicating to them as a couple, because it's a very powerful piece. Uh, And I was going to add one other piece that Pat um, mentioned, is that having vision together for ministry uh, is probably another area that uh, I think couples need to kind of come to. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. But there has to be a place, and this is where we encourage a lot of pre-filled folks that are looking to go, is what is that piece that really captures both of your heart? And that's the part they need to both lean into. Mm -hmm. And it puts them on the same page, at least going in the same direction. Yeah. I have a really dicey question. (laughs) Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a normal question. But if you can't answer it, no trouble. But I'm wondering... If we back up to even a stage um, of dating or engagement, so even before you know someone's married, let's say they've kind of started having these conversations, and it already is kind of sounding like you know in a lot of areas of life we align, we we, we agree, we are passionate about the same things. So perhaps when it comes to global missions, 
um, we don't really feel the same way. I mean, even as a dating or engaged couple, I don't know. What would you say to a couple like that who, you know, if they, if one person feels really passionate either way and the other is like, I don't really want to go live overseas right now. Mm-hmm. Is that, as I mean, is that a deal breaker or is that, you know, I don't know. And obviously God's going to direct each couple individually um, yeah. or rather uniquely. But what, if you, let's say you were counseling pre, you know, having premarital counseling with someone and that became a, a topic of discussion, what would you share with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of First of all, it really needs to be a continuous conversation. Yeah. Um, You know, it's just like when you're, when you're coming together, you're always going to have differences. Um, We grew up differently. You know, one may have grown up in a one parent home. One may have grown up in a two parent home. One may have grown up in a rural setting. The other may have grown up in big city. Um, So all of those different, there's so many different dynamics um, that have to be discussed and understood. And that's one of them. Um, and so, you know, having those passions, a lot of times it just means that the other maybe has not had that same experience. Um, so it may take maybe doing, um, you know, a little, you know, five day trip somewhere, um, doing a short yeah. t- short term mission, you know, and yeah. see if and see if the feelings change at all. Um, yeah. So a lot of times it's just a lack of knowledge about a particular situation more so than just a, you know, a total, I don't want to do that or, right, you right, know, that's right. just not something for me. Yeah. Um, you don't know that it's something for you a lot of times until you've had that experience. You know, and that's try a it really, together maybe. Yeah. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's true. I think there's a, there's a perception that people have about what it means to be on the mission field. So you think of when we first went to Kenya, my first truck to Kenya, I did never been to that land, had no idea. All I can remember when I was, I got my ticket. All I can remember seeing was an American Express commercial with a, <laughs> a guy in a spear sitting in the, in the middle of nowhere. And, and like, that's all I had in my mind. I'm going to be going there. And I had to take a picture when I was in Kenya of the skyscrapers and the traffic jams that were going on. Right. And so, you know, the, the perspective is like everything. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. sometimes our background, and Pat talks about because we talk to couples all the time, their background is so different. That's and so, that, so true. That, yeah. weaves your, that weaves your understanding. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking a couple that is joining in that, so they've already made the decision that, okay, uh, we're supposed to be together. And what does that look like? <laughs> and so yeah. when it comes to this passion about missions, there has to be a settling to say, okay, well, I have this passion, but she's not quite sharing it right now. And you either, before you even get engaged, you need to make that decision or you said, okay, well, let me back off on mine and consider her heart. And then be, like Pat said, a constant conversation to either let it grow or let God change the direction of what that's supposed to look like. Wow. That's amazing. I don't want to rush over that. That's amazing. Um, just the grace that, you know, couples could experience as they learn and grow about each other's hearts and desires and interests. And yes. I love, Pat, that you mentioned to even take a short-term trip together um, and just experience it. Because you're right. What if, you know, uh, she or him come into the marriage with 
an insight of, oh, all missionaries, you know, end up dying at 35. You know, like if that's their perception of global missions, yeah, then right. perhaps God wants to grow that and, and expand their view. And um, and I love too, just the idea that even if we're not goers, we can be senders and yeah. prayers mm-hmm. and givers. Mm-hmm. And so either way, I feel like a marriage, yes. um, if perhaps God has not asked the marriage to be goers, you know, ask mm-hmm. the couple to be goers, that um, they could leverage their their marriage or their wealth or whatever it is for to be givers or, you know, yeah. hosting missionaries, whatever it is. So yeah. I love that picture of God yeah. can grow our hearts and, and expand our marriage. So um Okay, so jumping, uh, I guess, ships a little bit now to a different, I guess, perspective on missions um, or marriage within missions, I guess. What can couples do to help them thrive on the field? Um, We talked about maybe some pitfalls, but now what have you seen as far as maybe advice or counsel you've given missionaries that, hey, if you practice this, if you start doing this, you might see your marriage thrive on the field. What are some, some things you'd like to share with people? Oh yeah, this is a good. Yeah, yeah, I think we've I think we've touched on several of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Just you know, the fact of doing devotionals together, yeah, um, is so important. Um, You know, if you're praying together, you know, that's again, there's there's several different things that you can do together um, to create that oneness mindset Um, because there's so many things that will be uh, hitting you as you, you know, venture out on the field and, um, all the different, you know, circumstances, all the learning culture, you know, you're going to learn a language differently. Uh, yeah. one may pick it up really quickly. The other may take forever. You yeah. know, that's usually the case. Yeah. And, uh, we've had couples that have started out, um, you know, learning language together and they had to stop and learn separately. Um, yeah. so oh, there's wow. just, you know, yeah. be- because they're just different types of learners so you learn yeah. so much about each other. And I think the important thing is understanding that, that we are all different and we do uh, understand things differently. So I think talking about how you're feeling um, in different situations is just so important to understand each other's perspective and not mm-hmm. just assume that because you're both there, that you're both ready to, you know, gung-ho in a certain yeah. direction. That's um, so important. Yeah, just to be able to really walk together and and sometimes it's hard to understand that but walking together has a lot to do with how are you how are you walking together emotionally because one may be a little bit further behind than the others mm-hmm. and if there's not a sensitivity to that it it could really cause some some rift within the relationship the one piece that i think is very profound because we we hear this from different um folks that are looking for it and the biggest thing that comes up is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is a dynamic that for cross-cultural workers, it's a real thing. And people can stay in this country. And if you've ever gone overseas, you'll find that there's some pieces of spiritual warfare that are very real. And the part I think is very part, and it fits with what Pat was saying in terms of, you know, doing devotions together, praying together. But, you know, you really need to really shore up the foundation of your relationship. That's how you fight the spiritual battle. Because what the enemy wants to do, if we don't really, if we haven't got it from scripture, the enemy wants to cause division, divide and destroy. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. And he does that with Christ, with couples, Christian couples, not just over on the mission field, but here in the United States, he divides them and then he basically takes them out. Mm-hmm. And so, when I talk about being together, we have to really keep our hearts together 
And those are ways to do it. Devotional, worshiping together, talking scriptural, talking through challenges so the enemy doesn't get in the middle of that. Um, we had a, we had a couple over the weekend that said um, they do not allow their kids to penetrate their heart using one against the other. Wow. <laughs> and so yeah. When you think about that, if you are not allowed, if you should not let children get in the midst of your hearts together and the priority of you being the, the, the sole purpose of, hey, we have to stay together in this, the enemy is not allowed in that area. And so it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a real powerful way to be able to hold fast to what, we've, what we're doing, where we're going, and to keep maintenancing. Um, and those are, those are two areas I think we just try to encourage couples to, to kind of really maintain. And if I will, the third one would be you need a good friend. You need a trusted relationship. Mm-hmm. We had a marriage. We had a life coach that we were able to talk with. Couples need to have other couples to talk with. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, centuries ago, it was the parents. <laughs> now it's not. So uh, those strong friendships can give them the outlet when struggles are happening, when crisis is happening. Those are the people that they're going to go to. Well, and I've noticed, actually, maybe it's not a trend, but just something I, I think an observation I've made is that when married couples are choosing to move overseas and serve, I don't think it's super common that both families of that couple are super supportive, maybe, or, or super interested, I guess, in global missions. I actually think it's been a little more, uh, I don't know, obvious to me lately that sometimes families are really concerned, you know, for the couple, or they just don't really prefer that their children, go, you know, go move overseas and go live in a in a foreign country. And so, I think, too, to pursue those friendships of people that you could um, grow and learn and feel supported by, I guess, would be really important, too, especially if they aren't feeling that from their families, if that's something that is maybe a little more divisive, I guess, in their family relationships. And so to have dear friends and community of people that can lift you up and, and uh, yeah, I guess even obviously enhance the way that you are uniting together, too, and, and mm-hmm. walk with you through that, that's, that seems Absolutely. really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. it is really important. And I think even with with family, you know, a lot of times it just it's it's the unknown. Um they're they're not sure the country that you're going to. You know, we yeah. just spoke with a couple like that that you know, the parents were they're okay, but they're just, you know, they don't they're not they're not uh confident that we're going to be safe. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is, you know, and my suggestion to them was make sure that they, you know, see some of the videos that you're going to see, you know, that Pioneers has so much to offer in terms of helping people to understand more about the countries the that context. they're going to be going to yeah. and the context and, and the people that were surround them and the fact that we, you know, believe in teams. And, you know, so those kinds of things are so important to yeah. give, you know, give family that peace. Uh, uh, of knowing that, you know, we are going to a safe place. You know, we will be going through um, some uh, training for um, like security training. training. Yeah, that's right. So those things are important to understand. Um, So a lot of times Mm -hmm. it's not that family just doesn't want you to go. Well, then, then you have the fact that you don't, they don't want you to take their grandbabies away. So that's real. Yeah. That comes up. We we hear a lot of that too. Um, but at the same time, once once you go and they begin, you begin to send back those newsletters of 
what you've been doing and what you've mm-hmm. experienced and the people's lives that you've been able to touch, they begin to, their hearts begin to soften and yeah. they begin to appreciate and, you know, want to support the work that you're doing. So sometimes yeah. it, it just takes you actually going and being part of that work uh, and then allowing them to kind of catch up to, to where you are as far as their uh, feeling comfortable about the country that you've gone to. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that y'all have eyes to see, I guess, the potential in people and marriages, especially in God, that y'all so many times throughout this episode already, you have mentioned that there's there's hope. Like people, I mean, we can grow as people and, mm-hmm. and yeah. God can change our hearts. He can right. he can open our eyes. I love that y'all are approaching your ministry with so much hope mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. and for for what God can do. Can you give us any examples of, I guess over the last few years, um, examples of how you have seen your marriage be, I guess, uh, it's how it's opened doors for gospel opportunities? Wow. Every time somebody asks us that question, I go back to statements that we would have with pastors um, when it comes to our witness. Um, we don't have those marriage therapist degrees, you know, the paper that says, yeah, that's oh, right. I'm authorized to talk to you because I have the DH and all that stuff. Yeah. All we do is we just share who we are. And it's interesting how, oh, you've been married that long. Oh, and you have how many kids? That seems to be our resume to, to bring, and all of them are serving the Lord. Um, you never had this problem or... That's how God has blessed us. Mm-hmm. And we we give God the glory for that because it's not just because we who we are, but God has been working in our marriage and in our life for the last 40 some years, even before that, I would even say. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we do that, we have to give God the glory for having nine kids one at a time. That yeah, we've had some some difficult times health-wise, even you know, one that was very risky in terms of when he was young, um, and then we've had kids that had an accident here, or you know, Taron. But God has gotten us through those things, and so when we share, you know, even some of our stories of, you know, growing up with nine kids in the house, and you know, losing a job, or or those kinds of things, we can always give God the glory because He's the one that has sustained us. And so I think our statement, our our testimony, to to folks that that at least asked us the question, um, you know, nine kids does for some reason that seems to kind of, I won't say freak people out, but just kind of gets people <laughs> attention today. You have that. Well, yeah, that's what God put us. You know, he said, we're going to have six, but or we said we'd have six, but he gave us the basketball team and the cheerleaders. That's right. So we're we're <laughs> yeah. good. But yeah. it's, yeah. The, and, and when we talk to folks that have, a, are looking to be witnesses in either certain arenas, certain religious communities. It is a most powerful thing to say that when they look at you without you saying any words, that the way you treat your wife or having the kids and focusing in on playing with your kids, it makes a statement to people, even today. So yeah. family is a, is a powerful thing. That's right. 
I think that's a great witness. Um, yeah, Ethan and I, my husband, we've heard that several times too from just random people um, who have seen us either sitting across a table at an event or whatever it is. And they'll sometimes, you know, pull, pull Ethan aside after and say something like, the way you talked to her was incredible. And Ethan looks back thinking, what did I say? Like, what what, yeah. what, what did I do? But right. honestly, it's like people notice when there is such yes. grace and such affection and such vision between couples. It really is right. powerful. And it obviously, is. like you said, glory to God that he gives us a natural witness through relationship. And I think, yeah. too, that same would be true for even singles, I think, um, how yes. single people are able to um, just develop friendships and how they speak to one another obviously can speak volumes, too, and be a witness for what kind of God they serve. But Mm -hmm. I think for a married couple, I think in a world where it's tempting to, I don't know, just to see wedges be driven in between married couples, either through just their character or the way they speak to each other. I mean, just these maybe what seem like simple acts to each other, but actually they can be open doors for how people become curious of what do you do? Like, what is your, what do you do as, as a married couple and what's your ministry? Things like this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's incredible. Um, tell us a little bit about your ministry. I know y'all, besides Pioneers, you kind of have your own own thing going. Can we hear a little bit about um, kind of the more formal, I guess, uh, ministry that y'all have put together? Well, yes. Um, years ago, we were trying to figure out this marriage, I don't know, this thing we were doing events and, and we were kind of stepping into doing some workshops and so we had pastors come to us and ask us uh, some help or doing events and that kind of stuff. So we began to formalize it and we had a name that we wanted to call the ministry at the time. Mm-hmm. And Pat said, you know, I'm not quite sure. That just doesn't sound right. We need to make a statement. We need to, <laughs> we need to make a statement that people can be um, illuminate that there is hope in this thing because everybody looks at, oh, marriage, okay. They, all they think about is the D word when it comes to marriage or that it didn't work or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so she came and said, why don't we ought to do a marketing campaign and we'll call it Yes, Marriage Works. And so it stuck. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. That's incredible. So we, <laughs> we call it Yes, mar- yes comma, Marriage work Works, exclamation point. And we registered wow. that. We have the 501c3. So we are a 501c3 organization. Um, we moved from Ohio. So we're kind of reestablishing some of the foundational pieces with it, but it's still in existence. So people would basically, we don't get paid under Yes Marriage Works, but we have services donated so that we can continue to do that work. Sometimes couples are not able to, you know, pay for different resources that we have. And so we try to find a way to do it. Um, so if it's maybe just just working with a couple, we'll do, say, we can do a donation. If you can just do a donation to the ministry, we'll help you and, and find out how we can, you know, whatever we can do. Uh, and so it gives uh, people the opportunity to, to do that. And then churches like that particular aspect also, because now we're not just, taking some kind of insurance because people put the whole idea of counseling in that, but we're not counselors, we're coaches. Yeah. And there's a difference in how you disciple someone, how you work with them and not tell them what to do. Right. 
So if someone today wanted to learn more about the resources that you have, the events that happen with Yes Marriage Works, is there a website or something or just an email or how can they learn more about it? Yes. Um, you can go to yesmarriageworks.com. Uh, there's information in there on marriage coaching. We do singles. Uh, there's events that we can do. We've done a, we did a local event here in November uh, called Marriage Tune-Up. So it was a weekend event for, for couples that came, and we kind of put some different spices to it. Uh, everybody got a, a date night certificate to go for a date night and wow. a lot of things like that. This is incredible. Uh, <laughs> we utilize and we've partnered with Mar- Weekend to Remember. We were at oh, yeah. the uh, yeah. Weekend to Remember this weekend in Myrtle Beach. And so couples can go on and find out where there's an event in their local area. Uh, and if they would like to, they, we can get a discount. We have a corporate discount with uh, um, the uh, Family Life Ministries or Weekend to Remember. So if they contact us, we can help them get a discount to actually attend one of those events. And there's other follow-up resources that we can do. And um, we haven't said anything about this, but Pat wrote a book um, that her book is called the prodigal marriage. <laughs> I'll let her oh, say, say it again. Say it again. The prodigal marriage. The prodigal. You wrote a book, Pat. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Oh, and I it, just, we can. I just finished a, a workbook to go along with it because I'd really like for it to be able to be used in small groups. So if couples want to do small group in their home, be a great and can resource. folks access this through the through the website? Through the website. Through the website. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. In, well, yeah. Just get amazing. in touch with us, and we can. Um, and a lot of times we've not done this massive kinds of marketing because God has brought couples to us. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's, that's one thing that we've enjoyed that it's, it's somebody that came, found us or came to us and that's our assignment. And so it may be something where, Hey, let's talk to uh, a program that we call Simbus. Simbus plus is one of the other resources that we use. And we journey with couples with that. Or we may say, hey, look, you probably need to read this book together um, mm. on, on either Prodigal Marriage or, or one of the other books that out there that, that, that may touch your heart. And so those are things that we've done over the years is that it's, it's not just a prescription. It's a, it's a relationship that brings the ability to bring resources. So yeah. all of that is as we start putting our mission information is on there, mission trips that we've been on. Uh, some of the past events that we've got, and we have some testimonies. I think we just posted a new testimony of a couple that um, we journeyed with for about oh three months, and uh, they gave us a little testimony, so that's on there as well. Oh, incredible! Well, if anyone needed there to be some kind of sign in your life that now is the time to go with pioneers, let this be it, because you would get to meet John and Pat <laughs> and walk through the coaching experience with them. That's I'm just so excited for y'all. I love you know, your I ministry. Add, I want to add one thing is, and one of the things that we love seeing is the the plethora of ages. Um, yes. We represent a, a different older generation obviously uh we were at explore and launch we're baby boomers we're baby boomers <laughs> and and I love we it. were the oldest ones in the room oh i and love so it we're finding yeah. that there are older folks that are coming and we want to say look there's no excuse god if god calls you you can be used in the kingdom so there's That's not an excuse right. Uh, so yeah, we just want to be able to put a plug in there. Just you know, don't have to be twenty something to go 
and and serve the Lord in some capacity. You could be older than that. Oh, well, I'm glad you added that because I actually, the last question I have for each of you is what are some parting thoughts you would share with us? Maybe a question I didn't ask, but you were dying to share about it or something you love just telling people. What is one parting thought that you would each share? Hmm. No, my, my parting thought would, would definitely be um, just building that personal relationship with the Lord. Um, there's nothing that builds a stronger marriage than a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really the foundation of everything that you do, whether it be missions or, you know, raising a family, um, whatever it is, but just developing that personal relationship with the Lord just makes such a difference, um, in, in having that foundation. Yeah. yeah. And I would just amen because when we start talking together, there's a difference in how God and how Pat unpacks the issues on her heart and how I would unpack the issues that God's put on our heart. And we'll find ourselves never practicing things or rehearsing things. And we'll speak to couples or talking to them. And we're literally on the same page. We may be Mm. saying the same thing, but we're saying it in a different perspective that says, this is what we hear God saying. And I think our biggest thing is that if God has called you for cross-cultural work, there is some preparation to do. And there is a, um, there is a season that God begins to start pouring into you. And we just want to be part of how that pouring in process happens. For some, for us, it might be just a moment. For some of them, it might be a six months to a year. Mm-hmm. But there is somebody that God would put in your life to be able to ignite you forward into the place that he's called you in. And so we want couples and individuals and singles because we represent an organization that is all about, we've got to take this gospel out. And so we're excited about how we're, we play a little part in that. And we just love the fact that, man, God is doing a powerful work today. And you, it's amazing. You might be one of those. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, incredible. Y'all are so wise and kind. (laughs) I have just (laughs) loved talking with you today. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your time and attention that you give to pioneers as well as your own Yes Marriage Works ministry. Um, Bless y'all and how God continues to use you to send others well and and coach really strong marriages. So thank you all for your time today. Thank Thank you you for having us. Enjoyed it so much. I hope you all enjoyed my conversation with John and Pat. They are incredibly wise people. And I really hope you gleaned from our conversation where to go in college, what career to choose, if you should get married. All of these are big life decisions, right? But what about this one? Should I do missions? Maybe you feel like God has asked you to do it. Maybe you aren't sure what God is asking. Well, Pioneers is hosting our very own missions conference, and you are invited. We're calling it Encounter because at our conference, our purpose is for you to encounter God and encounter missionaries who are relentless enough to blaze a new trail and follow God into the unknown. So come to Orlando and get input on your next steps. 
your journey to missions just got clearer. So we hope to see you there and you can learn more and register for Encounter at pioneers.org slash encounter. And here's a little highlight for you. I will be the host of the conference, so you'll actually get to see me in person. Lastly, we are wrapping up season two of the Relentless Pursuit podcast, and we'd love your feedback. If you don't mind, would you please take two minutes and fill out our brief survey at the link in the show notes? We look forward to hearing your thoughts.